question is a very good question. It's a very relevant, very pertinent. What is Yerushimayim? First, let's outline a little bit the problem. You know, people, you know, when you talk about fear, Yerushimayim in English is fear. When you speak to a person of our day and age, and you tell him you have to fear the Almighty. So either you sound like a Southern Baptist preacher, or you sound ridiculous, because psychologically, in the, in, in the sciences of the psych, whether it's psychiatry or psychology, they tell you the first thing you got to get rid of is fear. And it sounds like they're right. Should a person be afraid? Is your Shemayim fear? It's not healthy. You tell a person, go around and be afraid. I mean, that's, that, that, you know, that shrivels up a person's, all his talents, all his creative talents shrivel up. If you tell a person, don't be afraid, afraid that if you do something wrong, uh, a lightning bolt is going to come out and strike you. I tell you that that's not what, that's not what we mean when we speak of Yerushimaima, the fear of heaven. What do we mean? It's a very, very vital, important thing to know what it is. There are a number of vehicles of trying to understand what it is, but we will take one route, and through that we'll also understand what Shabbos is all about. Very, thank you, thank you. Relax, and we'll, and we'll learn a little bit Chumash, and we'll see a difficulty in Chumash, and a, and a very difficult Rashi, and we'll try to explain it, and from that we'll understand, try and understand what Yerushimayim is, too. What is this fear business? What is this, what are we afraid of? If you look in Chumash Bereshis, in the very beginning of the Chumash, it says, Vayihi Ere, Vayihi Volker, Shishi. It was evening, it was morning, the sixth day. Then the next sentence starts, Vayichulu HaShemayim, Vehoaretz, Vechol Tzevo'om. And the Almighty finished, completed, HaShemayim, the heaven, Vehoaretz, the earth, Vechol Tzevo'om. Who knows what the translation of the word Tzevo'om is? Does anybody know? Hosts. What does hosts mean? You know in English what hosts mean? Multitude, armies. This word Tzavaom to, to underscore is a peculiar word. There's only twice in the whole Chumash the word Tzavaom. Here, and when Klai Yisrael went out of Mitzrayim, it says also that they went out Mitzvoyson. Tzava, in modern Hebrew. Tzava is the army. So the sentence says, The Rabbani Shalom finished the heavens and the earth. The Cholzevaom, and they use the, I imagine the literary, the poetic word host, which means the multitude of component parts that there are in the vast cosmos. Cholzevaom. Now, when you learn Chumash, when did the Rabbani Shalom finish his work? When did he finish his work? On the sixth day. 
the, wor- the, 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 the world was finished in six days. It was totally finished in six days. Now the next sentence starts, And the Rabbani Shalom again finished the, or his work on the seventh day, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work. So there's a contradiction between the psukim, an open, a flagrant con- contradiction. Because in the Pasuk, two psukim before, we said that the whole world was created in six days. And we just said a sentence before, and he finished Hashem Now we start again, he finished on the seventh day. You know who asks this kasha? Rashi, the Chazal. Rashi asks, "Ma hoya oilam chosam?" If the last sentence said, "Vayichalal akim vayoyim ashvi," says, "What was there lacking in the cosmos that wasn't already created in the six days?" It's a good question. So Rashi answers. Chosar Menucha. The world was lacking rest. Hold on. And Rashi goes into detail to explain. Boss Shabbos came along Shabbos. Boss Menucha came along rest with the Shabbos. Kolsa finished. The nigmara and complete hamalacha, the entire work of creation. Now Rashi has to be understood. There's a question here on Rashi. Rashi asks a very strong question. From the psukim it appears that the whole cosmos was finished in six days. Right? And then the, the last Pasuk says it was finished on the seventh day. So it's a contradiction. So Rashi asks that question. And Rashi says, what was created on the seventh day? You finished it in six days. So what is Rashi's answer? Rashi's answer is that on the seventh day was rest, menucha. Now I ask you, menucha is something to be created? Menucha is a cessation of activities. What's menucha? Menucha, you sit at ease. You don't do anything. So what did Rashi answer here? And not only that, Rashi goes into the greatest of details. Rashi says, Menucha came, came Shabbos, came Menucha, finished, completed the entire work. But Menucha is, is, is a negative thing. It's a passive thing, Menucha. You sit and you don't do anything. You don't do any of the 39 Malachas. So you're in Menucha. He choked. You're in Menucha. So what, what is... What is the meaning of Rashi's answer? Is here a fantastic thing? You know why we don't understand Rashi's answer? I'll tell you why. Every generation has their problems. Every generation has their own problems. Specific, unique problems. Modern. Is communism a problem to us? No, it's not. And the most intelligent people, overwhelming, they'll tell you who wants to live under a dictatorship. You speak to the Jews that got out of Russia. I asked Moshe in the summertime, Moshe, tell me about the people in Russia. Happy? Are they content? He says, what are you talking about? They're beaten into submission. They're they're tormented. They're feared. They're tired. They can't do anything. They accept it. What could they do? 
But can you imagine that 50 years ago, 60 years ago, the whole idea of communism was burning all over the world? People wanted to be communists. People believe that commun communism is Mashiach, that that's the solution to man's problem. They believe that the golden tomorrow, that's communism. That's a form of economic and social equality. They thought that this would be the solution of all the problems of the world. But today we know it's not so. Communism is not a decision for us. It's not a test for us. It's not a test for us. We have a different problem. Every generation has a different problem. We have a malady, a malaise of the neshama, of the soul. What's the malady? There is, in the world today, a steady plague that becomes more intensive. The name of the plague is desacralization. There's a concept in English, it's called sacred. 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 Holy. Sacred is stronger than holy. In Lashna Kodesh, it's very important to understand this. In Lashna Kodesh, sacred means Kodesh, Kedusha. What does what is, what is Kodesh mean? Or what, is it, what does its opposite mean? What's the opposite of Kodesh? Chol. The ordinary, the mundane, the everyday, the profane. The weekday. Shabbos is Shabbos Kodesh. The weekdays, the days of the week are called Chol. It's vital to understand the origin, the etymology of these two words. Understand what does what holy mean? In English you say holy Someone that doesn't play dice. So what, what does holy mean? In, in abstract, to, 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 to understand what, is, what does holy mean? What does Kodesh mean? What are the essential characteristics of Kodesh and the essential characteristics of Chol? What, 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 what does it mean? I'll show you a phenomenal thing. Let's start from Chol. The weekdays are called Chol. Do you know what else Chol means? Does anybody know here what else Chol means? Sand. What's the relationship between Chol, sand, and the weekdays? Very interesting thing. They're spelt exactly, pronounced exactly, there's no difference. The nature of sand is such, it's particular Particuality. Sin, it's the grain of sin, it's unrelatedness. It's not unified. It's unrelated. You take go on the beach and you take in your hand, you see the sand, you pour it out. You see little grains of sand falling. Every little grain is a self-contained world. It doesn't relate to the other the other grain. Kodesh, the word kodesh is just the opposite. If you learn the etymology of the word Kodesh, what we call holy, you'll see an interesting thing. In Tanakh it says, when 
when, the, when there were instances in Tanakh when Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshua wanted to mobilize all the people to a meeting, it says, Katshu Esa'om. The same word, Kodesh. Azoina is called a, a Kodesha in Chumash in numerous places. Kilayim, the mixture of seeds. Tukdash Hamleya. It's also called Kodesh. What's, what's the relationship between Kodesh holy and a, and a, and a female Zayna or a male Zayna in Tanakh and Malachim is called Kodesh. And Kalayim is called Kodesh. What's the relationship between them? Simple thing. Let's start from Kilayim. Kilayim is taking two diverse things and growing them together, it's making them one. A zaina is a person, a man or a woman, that abandons every ideal and commits themselves to one type of evil. Divest themselves of every responsibility. I do this thing. This is what I do. This is my profession. Kodesh mobilization means to bring the people together as one, to focus their attention on one matter. Kodesh is the word, the concept of Kedusha is the relatedness of everything in the cosmos. To understand that there is no such thing as something isolated and unrelated. That everything is related. The whole concept of, of, of sanctity, of sacredness is that there's a place and a boundary and everything is related. Everything in the cosmos is related. I'll tell you a very interesting thing. Here we're learning a Rashi, we're talking about Shabbos. Shabbos is holiness, is Kodesh in time, in the element of time. There's a Madrash that says that a Talmud Chacham is called Shabbos. Madrash says that a Talmud Chacham, he's in the nature of Shabbos. What does that mean? It means precisely this. The Talmud, Chacham, the Talmud Chacham is not someone who knows a lot of Gemara and a lot of Kashas and a lot of Terutzim and a lot of information. That's not a Talmud Chacham. That's not a wise man. That's an almanac, an encyclopedia. The Talmud Chacham, the Medrash defines the Talmud Chacham is what Shabbos is in time. The Talmud Chacham is, is in the species of person. He understands the relatedness of everything. He understands the relatedness of everything, and in his life and in his behavior, he understands the relation. Talmud Chacham won't hurt anybody because he understands that we're related. He understands the boundaries. If you look through all the dinim of Talmud Chacham, you will see that Talmud Chacham, the, the, the contours, the landscape of Talmud Chacham is the genius for the relatedness. He understands the boundaries and the interrelationship of everything. Not only that he understands it, he lives with a commitment to keeping those boundaries. 
you'll see there's laws, uh, uh, this whole dinim of Talmud Chacham that you'll see in Shechon that you'll see that the whole thing is like a Talmud Chacham, it's not uh, somebody who's in a straight jacket, but it's somebody who's driving on a very delicate course, and he's, and he's keeping the balance with everything because of the Torah knowledge that he has. This is the meaning of the Rashi. The world was finished in six days. True. All the devices, all the laws of the whole cosmos, all the, all the phenomena that we find in the whole cosmos was finished in six days. So Rashi says, chosa, that the Pasuk says, the second Pasuk says that it was finished on the seventh day. So Rashi says, Menucha. Rashi doesn't mean the cessation of Menucha, means the restedness, how everything fell into place and related to each other. So Rashi says, Bo Shabbos, Bo Menucha, Kolsa, Nidmara Hamalacha. Rashi doesn't say just Bo Shabbos, Bo Menucha, Shabbos came and rest came. Rashi has three more words. Kolsa, Nidmara Hamalacha. Finish, completed the work. The, the, in time, Shabbos, how it did it is a different discussion, not for now, but Rashi is saying time took what, there was nothing new created on Shabbos, but the interrelatedness of the whole cosmos was created on Shabbos. This is the meaning of Shabbos. This is the meaning of the world. This is what it says that Tamachachim is called Shabbos too. We live in a desacred world. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred anymore in our world. We live in a, you know, you got to get beneath the concept of mitzvah naveira, beneath the contrast of a sin. Sin doesn't mean anything to us. It hardly means anything to us. But if you get into the concept that the world is a, is a phenomenal, an astronomic entity of boundaries, then you see a different world. When I was your age, I could bet you that out of every hundred people you would ask, you would ask him what the word ecology means. And a hundred people, I don't know if one person would know. There was no such a word. Maybe it existed, but it wasn't used. You never saw it in the paper. You never heard it. You know, you know what? What is ecology? What's ecology? Ecology says that nature is a balance. That's all it says. It says that there's a fantastic world of boundaries that if someone selfishly and sadistically abuses nature, he wrecks havoc in nature. And in turn, it affects people's lives, hundreds of millions of people's lives. Millions of people die of hunger because of ecological abuses. It's a question of boundaries. The whole world, the whole art of living is, is limitations and boundaries and functioning within boundaries and contact and interrelationship of boundaries. We, we don't live in it. We live in Our world is not sacred anymore. There's a Gemara. The Gemara says, I think on Rabbeinu HaKadosh, that one morning his Talmud met him walking in the street. So he said, Rabbi, where are you going? So he said, I'm going to do a mitzvah early in the morning. So he said to him, which mitzvah are you going to do? So I'm going to the bathhouse, I'm going to take a bath. So he said, Rebbe, that's a mitzvah. So he says, in the town square, the Romans set up the statue of Apollo. I see every day they wash the statue of Apollo. That's nothing, he says, that's stone. He says, my body is a gift to me from the Rabbanish Shalom. Certainly I should take care of it every day. So he said, it's a mitzvah to take a bath. 
Now, I have to understand what the Gemara is saying. I mean, he's not a Boy Scout, and he's not a health bug. I mean, what, what was he saying there? Rabbeinu HaKadosh saw a sacredness, a Kedusha, in keeping the, 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 the delicate bar, in respecting the body. We respect the body. Who respects the body? If you respected the body, would anybody take drugs? How many people? I don't even know there is a statistic, but I tell you, without anything, hundreds of thousands of people died from overdose. Can you, can you tell me in a civilization, in a society where a person respects his body, where a person finds his body sacred, will he take, will you go, will he take poison? The terrorists is that psychologically we're weakened. And I'll tell you why we're weakened. Psychologically, the whole, the malaise, the, the plague of our situation is that, we, that we, we're so desacralized. There's so no, no concept of koidish. There's so no concept of sacredness that we don't even care what blow our minds. It's a cool thing to blow your mind. Our body's not sacred. Our body's not sacred. The other person's body's not sacred. Not sacred. There are no boundaries. All the promiscuity in our society, this is what it means. It's not a question of a sin and a veira. It's a total breakdown of Kodesh. It's whole, it's sin. It's unrelated. I want a kick, I take my kick. I don't care what it costs you. I need my pleasure, I get my pleasure. I don't care what it costs you. And this is this is this is the whole breakdown of morals. This is the whole breakdown. This is the whole breakdown of everything in our society. The whole, the whole process of desacralization is nothing sacred. We had in the Shia, we were learning Shnayim Arz and Betalas. Zaymanim Tzisiyah, Zaymanim Tzisiyah. Yeshav Hashem Le'Bay Pachas Metchatsiyah V'yachloiku. So what did the Bacham and the Shia say? What does the Shua accomplish? I mean, how, how do you believe in what the Shua? He'll, he'll swear falsely. So we were explaining that. We were talking in the Shia that, that to take the Rebbein name in vain, Every person has something sacred. If he's going to incorporate that into his testimony, the testimony will become sacred. But the modern person doesn't understand that. What's sacred? So swear false. But the Gemara didn't live in our day. The Gemara thought that there are things that are sacred. And there are people where it's sacred. So this is the whole thing. This is the whole breakdown of sacredness. Now life, nothing is sacred. Why do I have to struggle to create something in my life if life is meaningless? What do you, what, you, you say a thing, drop out. I mean, I'm not the one that, 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 I'm not the one to preach that they should go to schools, to the colleges. I'm not a big fan of the colleges unless you need it for a living. I know kind of a madhouse it is. So people drop out and go away for years. Take a bus, you go to Europe, you buy a bus, you drive to Spain, you drive to North Africa, drugs are very available there, you get over here. What is all this business? Get under it. Let's, let's squeeze it out and say, what is it? It's a lack of sacredness. I could go around, I mean, what? You, it, they call it anti-establishment. That's their vernacular, could be their right. I'm not saying that they don't have any kindness and any claims. But psychologically, under the whole thing, is nothing is sacred. Young person, you have to build your world. You got to live, you got to survive in the world. You're going to have a family. Yeah, I, I don't mean the security in, in, the set, in the affluent sense. I mean in the spiritual sense, security. What are you doing? You're floating around smoking pot in Europe all the time and doing who knows what. I mean, what are you doing? The tarot says if you want to put it into words, he's desacralized. There's nothing sacred in his life. What? He should sit in the bismarck and kill himself over a place. And, and, and 
It's not sacred. His life is not sacred. It's a life of aesthetics, of, of, of materialistic aesthetics, sensual aesthetics, and that's it. But the name of the disease is the desacralization. It's not, it's, there's nothing sacred in his life. He don't have to work hard. He could mooch. The whole idea. I mean, it's a big complex thing, but the name of the problem is the desacralization of life. When you know, you know when we talk of Mashiach, you know what the Pasik calls Mashiach? Yom Shekula Shabbos. It's most interesting that when we hope of Mashiach, we call that a day that all the days of the week will be Shabbos. What do you mean? The Rambam says clearly in the, in the Rambam that when Mashiach comes, there's not going to be any difference in the world. There's still going to be factories, there's still going to be production, and people are going to buy and sell. What do you mean? It's all Shabbos. This is precisely what it means, that the accomplishment of Mashiach war is that there'll be such an intelligence in the world that everything will become sacred. That everything will be in its place. It'll be a world of being in its place. This is the meaning of Yerushalayim. There's a fear. There's a fear which is born out of weakness. My mommy told me, if you go out night in the street, there's a boogeyman. And my mommy did tell me, and I was afraid to go on the street. I was a kid, I was afraid. Europeans uh, from Europe, from pogroms, from... from, from uh, my, my mother scared me about Goyim. I used to see the Iceman. I used to ch- shiver. I was afraid of a gun. My mother used to tell me, and I heard in the house, you know, about pogroms and pogroms in Russia, pogroms and pogroms. They were afraid of Goyim. I mean, I was three heads taller than the Iceman's kid. I could have given him one whack and lay him down on the floor. And I was afraid of him. That's fear born out of weakness. But when you go in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and you stand in front of a, of a classic painting of Rembrandt, you're afraid to put your hand on it. They won't let you. But even if they would, you'd be afraid to touch it. Because you're facing one of the world's wonders, the, the genius, the creative genius of, of one of the world's biggest geniuses, Rembrandt's painting. So you're afraid to touch it. Because you might destroy a fragment of a boundary that's not yours. It's not your work at all. That's the precise meaning of Yerushalayim. One of the chief meanings of Yerushalayim is a fear of destroying a boundary. When we say a person has to have fear of the Rabban Shalom, it's not that we're afraid of weakness, I'm going to go and he's going to send out a lightning and the lightning is going to strike me. We have to have a fear of, of, of contradicting in our behavior in this world, contradicting his will, his will which is the homeostasis, which is the symmetry, which is the balance of the whole cosmos. When, the, when you have to be afraid of thou shalt not steal, you're not afraid of that, thou shalt not steal, that a thunder is going to, a thunderbolt is going to kill you. You have to be afraid of thou shalt not steal is that you're destroying a boundary. That's the fear, like somebody who treads the world. When we say we have to fear whatever it is, what you call a sin, a chet, whatever it is, because the world is a fantastic boundary. The world is a fantastic place, a fantastic boundary. I'll tell you a little story. You all heard of the Vilna Goyen. So Vilna Goyen had a Talmud. His name was Zalman Valojana. Reb Zalman Valojana. Reb Zalman Valojana 
Valozhna is a little town in, in, in Lithuania. This Reb Zalman Valozhna, to say that he had a photographic memory is saying very little about him. Because what we know of him through his brother Reb Chaim, he had a memory that was absolute. I mean, a freak of nature. Not only was his memory absolute, he never forgot anything. But in the depth, there's all different types of never forgetting. The Vilna Goyen was impressed with him. And besides that, he was a genius in Kedusha and Holiness. He was a Tzadik Godel. So, one time he was sitting in Vilna, in the Bismarck, and he was learning. And a stranger walked into the Bismarck, and must have heard from someone else that this is the famous Reb Zalman who was sitting there learning. And this stranger went over to him and told him over something in learning. I don't want to go into the whole thing. It was a Mishnah in Demai. And it's a whole long story. The Lithuanians used to say on a sheen, what we say Sholem, they used to say Solom. On fish, for instance, in Jewish, they didn't say fish, they said fis. They had a, I don't know if you know the Lithuanians, and my parents also said like that. On a sheen, they said a sin. Come out a sin. And on a sin, they said a. On, on fish, which are feet, they said fish. They, they, anyway, there's a whole long story. There's a Mishnah in, in, in the Sechta Demai, which, uh, which Perish Demai. And this fellow said a Perish, an explanation of Perish Demai, Perish Demai. So he told them, Perushcha, Perish Demai. It's a whole long story, which meant to say you're an Amoritz. But it was like a joke. And the man disappeared. Two minutes after the man disappeared, he went away. Reb Zalman, you have to get the point. It, 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 he said like a joke. You know, it was a very sharp joke. If you know the whole mission and everything, you see the, the, the wisdom, the wit. It's a very witty joke. Reb Zalman caught himself that he might have hurt the other guy. Might have hurt the other guy. So he got up, he ran out in the hall to look for him. He couldn't find him. He ran out in the street, he couldn't find him. So they write, he ran for days in the streets of Vilna, in the marketplaces, looking for this man, he couldn't find him, and he couldn't find him, he got sick. It bothered him to such an extent that he might have hurt somebody, that he was sick. And there's a whole great detail how they ran to the Vilna going, and they asked the Vilna Goyen, what could they do to, to, to resuscitate his spirits, to build them up again? He's depressed, he's sick. And the Goyen said, they should do this, they do that. It's a whole long story. But what do I mean to say? Bother us if we insult somebody? Yeah. I'm not saying that we're uh, callous. But if we did a little thing, we wouldn't run in the streets. We wouldn't stand in the marketplace. We wouldn't get sick. Because the world is not sacred to us. Reb Zalman Valojna was such a Shabbos Tekayid that to him he understood what it meant. He tread on someone's ground. He broke a boundary. He broke a symmetry in the Atamat was not supposed to hurt somebody. No individual is supposed to hurt somebody. That was his fear. He wasn't afraid that they're going to write down in the book upstairs, they're going to write in the book upstairs, you hurt somebody, you insulted somebody. That was not his fear. His, the, the fear was 
a beautiful, wholesome, healthy fear. He transgressed the boundary of existence. He went into somebody and he hurt somebody. This is the genius of a Talmud Chacham. The true meaning of your Shemayim is, the true inner meaning of your Shemayim is, the fear, the fear of destroying boundaries, of this, of, of this sacralization. Everything is holy in the world. Everything is holy in the world. To me, every person, one person and another person, that's holy. You can't hit, you can't hurt the other guy. Weekday is, it's very interesting. In the Shir of Mizma Shir Yoyma Shabbos, it's the most interesting thing. It's a very difficult, what you say Friday night after the Chodoidi, Mizma Shir Yoyma Shabbos, it says over there one sentence, a very interesting thing. It says, Yispardu kol poyalayovan. You know what it, you know what yispardu kopoyalayava means? Separated and unrelated are all those who do evil. How does it come in there? What does that have to do with Yama Shabbos? That whole chapter is a difficult chapter. What is the whole chapter? To? It talks, Magodul Hashem, how great are thy works. Mizmashila Yoyma Shabbos. What does that got to do with Shabbos? This is the answer. The Gdusha of Shabbos is the whole unifying experience of, of, the, of, of the cosmos, of relating to everything. How great are thy works? And says, evil is yisporedukopoyalayavan. Unrelated, separated, splinted, egocentric, selfish. That's the meaning of evil. And Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim is this unifying feeling. A person who's a Yerushalayim, related, I can't do this. And the greater depths that a, of a person's Yerushalayim, the more he feels the unity of the whole world. And, uh, I don't see how a person can become a Yerushalayim unless he's a Talmud Chacham. Unless he learns Torah. You can't see what... You can't see what true Yerushalayim is unless you know what Torah is. If you rely on morals and ethics which have been proven by the existential experience of the whole world until today, doesn't work. There's a history of 5,000 years of recorded history with a, with a record of 50,000 wars, and all the wars were rooted in the lack of Yerushalayim. The lack of Yerushalayim. I want yours, and I want to overpower you, and I want to rule over you, and I want to exploit you, well, economic or, or chauvinistic reasons, that's all it is all about. Nobody, Vietnam is over, Vietnam is over, all the demonstrations. 15,000 Americans died for no reason. And who knows how many hundreds of thousands of people were ruined that are crippled for what reason? I don't say America was wrong, I don't say the Viet Cong was wrong, I don't, but I know that was without Yerushimayim. Not Yerushimayim. So Yerushimayim is not a black hat, and not a beard, not a long coat. Yerushalayim is, is, is a spiritual, is a ruchnistic thing, an inner thing of a person's desire to live in harmony. To live in harmony. You know, every breach of Yerushalayim, every break of a rule of Shekhanah is a discordant note in a symphony. It's a sour note in a symphony. You know it. You take a look in, you know, in the Torah, you know, you take a look in the Torah, the Torah says, uh, you look in the Rambam in Ulchaz Dayas. The Rambam says a person shouldn't stuff himself and overeat himself. It's one of my battles. 
What is that? It's a health book? No. Because the Rambam says a little thing like that, a person becomes a glutton. That's an overstepping of a boundary. And it's part of your Shemaim to be to be in a control, to live in a symmetry. And all the big tzaddikim, the beauty of a big tzaddik, if you, you didn't see Nebuch, I saw. All the big tzaddikim, the beauty, I mean, the luster was how they related to everything with, with, with. How they related to something. How they related to people. To see how G'daylum were, how they related to people. It was an ecology, it was a spiritual ecology. This is the meaning of Yerushalayim. And, and all the Musas and all the Torah is to come to that unified feeling. That unified feeling. And this isn't the world. We don't live in the world. We live in a crazy world. We live, and I want you to know, a sick, 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 crazy society. And it's getting crazier from day to day. Crazy, I mean... The yeshiva, you should know, is a fortress. The walls of the yeshiva is a place where, where we try to save ourselves from a storm. We get crazier from day to day. The cynicism, the sickly cynicism. Mm, you call it cool, call it shmuel. It's all sick. And then it's not a question of religion. It's sick to the core. It's decayed to the core. There's no sacredness. There's no kedusha. There's no... So if there's a group of people that come and talk about the ecology, but what is about the rest of their life? This is Yerushalayim. The fear of treading out of the... treading out of the the boundaries that, that were meant for us. If a guy ceases to struggle with himself, it's a lack of Yerushalayim. In the inner sense... The fellow has a potential to be something. And because of who knows how many reasons he doesn't do it, whether he's lazy, whether he looks at himself in dark tones, or, wh- or whether he has fears, sick fears, this is a breach of Yerushimayim because Yerushimayim is that if you're given something, if you're given natural resources to use them, how is a masmid born? How is a diligent, someone who's diligent born? It's, it's this. This is my domain. This is what I'm supposed to do. Okay.